you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. If you knew the Kansas City Chiefs were going to have the best offense in the National Football League, let me hear you say, oh, na, 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 na. That's a good one right there. I like that one right there. It makes me feel like, oh, na, 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 na. How about those Oh, celebrating Masterpiece Catalog at Union Station in Kansas City. Welcome to NFL Now. Patrick Claybon, Brian Baldinger. The Kelsey brothers know how to put on a performance. They, they, they give them a microphone, give them a stage. They know what to do. Uh, I would say that the offseason officially begins once the parade is over. Yeah. By the way, is the parade over? Or yeah, they, it, they're well, still going. There are some people still celebrating, <laughs> yeah. Travis, maybe one of those. But <laughs> we have officially uh, moved to 2023. We've got uh, one new coach and Jonathan Gannon that we're set to hear from this hour here on NFL Now. And speaking of Jonathan Gannon, uh, let's get a look at his introductory news conference coming in Arizona just days after his team came up just short in Super Bowl 57. There he is with the owner, Michael Bidwell, as well as the new uh, general manager of the Arizona Cardinals introduced today, described the hiring experience and highlighted the fact of what got him here to this job and why he chose Arizona. We're going to be very adaptable. This is, I'm talking the Arizona Cardinals. This is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive and we're going to be smart. And all three phases go into that. And we will maximize the talents of the players that we have, and that's how we're going to win games. I famously set a line back in when I first took over as a defensive coordinator of Philly that I don't have a scheme, and people were very uncomfortable with that, and I was not because I don't believe in a scheme. I believe in putting the players that we have in positions to be successful. So we are going to look different week to week, predicated on who we have playing and who we are playing. Uh, the last four or five days have been very normal for me. You know, you got to adapt as things come at your at your door, and uh, they've been exciting. Um, obviously, I have a lot of energy and and emotion that went into the game, and then losing that game, and then uh, staying the night here, not knowing I was going to stay the night and interview for a head coaching job. But uh, you take everything in stride, and you do the best that you can. And uh, I'll say that it was a fun 48 hours. I'll say that because uh, I enjoyed myself. And so Jonathan Gannon there. Again, we'll hear from him coming up here on NFL Now. Also a Super Bowl coach, this guy on the winning side, Eric Bieniemy, visiting the Washington Commanders today. 
with regards to their offensive coordinator position. This again, after scoring on every possession in the second half against the Philadelphia Eagles to win yet another Super Bowl championship with the Kansas City Chiefs. For more on Eric the Enemy's job prospects, we'll bring in Judy Batista and Mike Garofolo. Good afternoon uh, to you guys, Mike. Let, let's start with you. What can you tell us about this visit in, in a what would be a, a lateral move for Eric the Enemy? Well, sort of a lateral move, and I understand what you're saying, Patrick, but uh, I think Andy Reid made it clear that he would love to see Eric Bieniemy become a head coach or run his own show. Well, if he goes as an offensive coordinator to Washington, right, and there's no Andy Reid over his shoulder, I think it's pretty clear at that point if he performs as well as he has as an offensive coordinator the last couple of years, then look, this is a guy that absolutely has the credentials to take the next step, right? I think that that's part of what's going on here uh, with Eric Bieniemy, and, and Ron Rivera certainly thinks highly of Bieniemy, uh, and will give him all the opportunity in the world if he is the hire for the Washington Commanders to run that side of the ball completely uh, and make his case to say, hey, look, I, I know folks have tried to make it clear the last couple of years that Eric Bieniemy has been calling the plays, and Andy Reid has even said that, and He's certainly a big part of the game planning and everything, right? It's it's Eric Bieniemy's offense as much as it's Andy Reid's offense. Well, there's going to be no question if he winds up being the uh, offensive coordinator of the Commanders and is successful in that role. So we shall see if the Commanders and Bieniemy close it out, Judy. Well, Bieniemy has really become the face of the league's uh, diversity issues on head coaching hires, and this was a very disappointing cycle. Five jobs were open. Only one went to a coach of color. That's D'Amico Ryans, who went to Houston, and he replaced a coach of color. So no ground gained there. There is a feeling around the league that perhaps Bieniemy needs to get out from uh, behind Andy Reid's shadow in Kansas City, and maybe that would enhance his resume. Um, it has been a number of years now that Eric Bieniemy has been what everybody thought was in line to get a head coaching job. Really stark this year, he was the offensive coordinator of the team that won the Super Bowl, and both coordinators on the team that lost the Super Bowl got head jobs, and Bieniemy did not. The concern about Washington is there's quite a bit of instability there, as you guys know. They do not have an established quarterback, and there could be an ownership change in the next few months, and obviously that would put everybody on the hot seat. So possibly not the best environment to prove your mettle if you're Eric Bieniemy, but certainly there is a sense that something has to change to get Bieniemy in line for a head coaching job. I think this move, if it happens with Ron Rivera, uh, is a great move for Eric. And I think the shadow that Andy casts is a huge shadow. He constantly gives Eric Bieniemy uh, credit. He, uh, Patrick Mahomes constantly gives him credit. But if he was to move to Washington where they're looking for that replacement of Scott Turner uh, with a ton of young talent, although, you know, the quarterback that they say right now is the starter to go into the offseason and Sam Howell, it's a great opportunity for Eric Bieniemy to, to really join forces right here with Sam Howell, start to, in, start to uh, install an offense right now to play to his strengths. Uh, I think this is, can be in a very exciting time. I think Ron Rivera gives this organization – some stability just from a leadership standpoint that they desperately need. They've got a very good defense on that side of the ball. Uh, and so I think this is a good opportunity for Eric. And I think if it's offered, I don't think there's any chance that he won't take this, this position. Yeah, it's been tough, guys. Honestly, we went through in the newsroom to try to find the total number of jobs that Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for yeah. in these past five years. Yeah. And it's a difficult undertaking uh, because it's been so many. And we'll see if this next step, which feels like something that – you know, he has to do uh, to get there. 
is a successful one in his journey to be a head coach. But we do have a, a head coach that had his news conference today, his introductory news conference in Arizona from the Valley. That's Jonathan Gannon and Michael Bidwell, his owner, uh, the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, speaking about the opportunity for Coach Gannon as well as Kyler Murray. I think he came in with a vision and plan that the, the vision aligned with where we want to be about getting back to the top of the NFC West and competing in January and competing to get to the Super Bowl and win it. So that's number one with the vision. His plan he outlined, some of which he'll get in today, some of which we're not going to get into, uh, but I'm excited about it. It's the view that he had of our elite quarterback and getting him back to being the playmaker that he is and making sure we build around him and put our players in positions, uh, especially Kyler as our quarterback, uh, to really get after it. And I was excited about what his plan is and, and how he outlined it. And joining us now, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, fresh off of his introductory news conference. Uh, thanks for spending time with us, Coach, because I know it's a lot going on. The Combine's coming up in 28 days. I mean, on the 28th, excuse me. How do you go about filling a staff? Yeah, we're, uh, we're at it right now, Brian, Baldy, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's the next 48 hours. I'm going to uh, talk to the guys that are here and then uh, get into some, some interviews that need to take place, some guys that I want to talk to. And ultimately, I want guys that have high capacity, high character, and they want to be Cardinals. So uh, we'll build this thing out as we get going. But the other thing with that is I'm not going to rush it. Uh, just because of the timeline, I, I'm more interested in finding the right people and the right fit than just filling out a staff. So uh, that's what we'll do. Jonathan, I don't, I don't think people remember just two years ago when you and Nick and Shane came on board in Philadelphia, that was a 4-11-1 team. A young quarterback in, in Jalen Hurts that was sort of unproven had started a couple games at the end of the season the year before. And this thing turned around pretty quickly. You got the playoffs in the first year. You installed a brand-new offense, defense. What can you take from those two years in Philadelphia to help in this turnaround process with the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I think about Coach Sirianni. He, he laid out a very specific vision of how to improve our players on a day-to-day -day basis. And when you do that and you do see the results of, you know, we're, we're process-oriented, but every day was, hey, let's just get a little bit better with what we're doing. Coaches, players, uh, the strength staff, the psychological department, the player development plan. And when you do that, then you'll, you'll start improving everybody. And you'll start winning some games. So, you know, it was a very quick jump. You know, Nick, I don't know how many guys ever went from their, you know, second year to a Super Bowl. I think McVay was one of them. But, um, you know, he did an excellent job. And he really gave me the blueprint of how to get that done. But a lot of work to be done. And I'm really not worried about that. You know, I'm not worried about getting back to the playoffs or making the Super Bowl. I'm just worried about getting the staff together and improving our players. And Coach, you mentioned a few times in your introductory news conference a growth mindset. And I wonder how that applies for you and your concept of that when everybody in this league is working so hard uh, to be where they are. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you got to be curious and you have to have an open mind so you can learn. If, uh, if you think that you know the best way or you're convicted on a certain methodology or a certain uh, scheme, I think you're going to ultimately get passed by. And, um, you know, I've always been around people that have challenged you, challenged me to, you know, keep growing and keep learning. 
uh, JG, you know, you got a lot of success coaching the DB, saying it like this and doing it like this, but this might be a better way. And I was very open to that. And, um, you know, every day I try to learn something new. And that's about myself, about the coaches, about the players. And when the, co- when the players have a growth mindset too, as long as they understand the why behind why you're doing things, they'll understand that, hey, this can improve my game and I can become a better player. And that's what you're ultimately trying to do as a coach is improve the players and make them hit their ceiling. Jonathan, one of the things I liked what you did in Philadelphia is you, you played this game, if, if it's a game, effort roulette, where you really allow the players to take ownership of the defense by having a guy stand up in front of the room and really evaluate everybody's effort on a given play. And I feel like when players talk in front of the room about the other players and can not point fingers by saying this is how it has to get done, this is the way it has to look, this is the way we have to practice, I like that approach, Jonathan. Can you explain just a little bit about your philosophy with that? Yeah, so we, you know, we had a standard of how we wanted to play defense in Philly. And that was obviously outlined to the guys, and we showed them examples. This is what's acceptable. This is not what's acceptable. And there's a grading scale and an outline to that. Um, but ultimately, it's not the players memorizing that or regurgitating that. It's them understanding that. And if they understand it because, hey, guys, like this is if, if we're about winning. This impacts winning football games. And if we say it here, we, we want to win football games, this is a huge piece to that. So um, that was a tool that we used to a little bit of fun in there, but some major, major accountability. And there were some people that were uncomfortable because you didn't, they didn't know what play was getting, was getting picked. But um, some of the guys that did that, Fletcher Cox was fantastic. And I think, you know, Fletch, the play that I picked, he actually had a loaf. And he had to get up there and say, you know what, 91, loaf. And we're not attacking the person. We're just attacking the action. We're trying to get better and improve. And um, that was always a cool thing. Our guys enjoyed it. And um, it's, uh, it, it helped our defense. Yeah, speaking of helping that defense, uh, we look at some of the stats here, Coach. I don't know if you could see it, but they were pretty good, especially that number 70 sacks, first place, which is 15 more sacks than the second place team had in 2022 and in terms of uh, duplicating that success uh, no that's the goal but looking over on the offensive side of the ball you said that you have a very specific vision for the type of offense that you're going to run uh, could you give us some some clarity on what that vision is yeah you know we want to we want to be explosive on offense we want to protect the football and we want to maximize situations and you know everything that we do is going to be built the offense will be built around um, Kyler's skill set and he has a very unique skill set. And so we're, we're going to use that because he can put the defense in conflict by what he can do to them, either running or throwing. Um, so that's how we're going to build the offense. But ultimately, it's just not the quarterback position. It's everybody. There's 11 guys out there. You know, we got to make sure that the O-line is, is playing good football. We got playmakers for him to get the ball to. Uh, we want to be able to throw it down the field over people's heads. And then we got to be able to run it down people's throats. So um, that's what you need to do. That's a good pro-style offense. But we're definitely going to have elements to where, you know, we let Kyler do his thing uh, and put the defense in major conflict. I know you had to defend Kyler this year against the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan, but you did have a chance to watch Jalen Hurts day in, day out over the last two years improve as much as anybody at that position that we have seen. I I know Jalen pretty good. We we know what kind of guy and the character that he has. What – what can you 
take from watching Jalen day in, day out, defending him in practice every day, Jonathan, and the way he went about his business, to Kyler to see if Kyler can make similar type jumps. We've seen him have success in this league, but I think we all feel like there's another level for him to go. Yeah, Kyler will understand that very clearly. You know, the quarterback is the closest thing you have on the field to a coach. And beside, between Nick and Shane and Brian Johnson, Jalen understood that. So he, I think they did a really good job with him of making Jalen understand the why and how to play fast and efficient and problem-solving on his feet. You know, we, we, don't, we didn't script a lot of practices, guys. Like, everyone has carded periods and scripted things where people know what's coming. Our head coach did not do that, and it was because of the quarterback. He says, well, people, we don't know how people are going to play us. So you know what we're going to do to Jalen in practice? We're going to give him all kinds of unscouted looks. He has no idea what's going on, and he's got to be able to function. And that's how they really improved his game. And I look forward to doing that with our guy. But, um, you know, and, and just my viewpoint of how you have to defend him, what people are going to try to do to defend him the right way, he'll have a very specific vision of how teams are going to try to play him and what we can do to counterbalance that. Coach, how are you approaching? Because we're not sure when Kyler will be available. He's still in the process of recovering from that knee. How do you approach roster construction when there is that question mark on, on when he might be back? Yeah, we definitely have to have a couple trigger guys ready to go until he gets ready to play because I'm not going to rush it. We always do the best thing for our players' health, always here. Um, and that, that will be new. But, um, you know, when he's ready to get back out there and play, he'll play. But, you know, we'll look at all the different avenues that we have um, from the personnel standpoint to try to build out the roster, not just the quarterback position, to try to build out the roster the best we can to put a competitive team on the field and win football games. Um, and then when he's ready to come back, he'll be ready to go. Jonathan, you mentioned that you had unscripted practices um, challenging Jalen in the offense. Uh, they have a new coach in Indianapolis, your good, good buddy here, Shane Steichen. For fans of the Colts that want to know what they're getting in Shane Steichen, what can you say about their new head coach? Oh, man, he's a straight baller. He is a straight baller. He just, you know, how he sees the game his vision of how to play offense, how to run a team. Uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very close with Shane, and we had a lot of good conversations through the last two years of offense, defense, what's hard on the offense, what's hard on the defense. Hey, this is what I'm going to do to you when you get in this spacing. Hey, this is what I'm going to do to you on third down when you show me this look. So I've learned a lot from Shane. I value our friendship, our relationship. But that guy knows how to coach the quarterback, and he knows how to generate points. That's what I know about him. So uh, that's what he'll do, and I'm rooting for him unless we play him. Then I'm <laughs> well, going to stop him. Well, the, the, uh, the schedule doesn't line up that way, but we know that you guys will be able Good. to have uh, some conversations as you've got a lot of work ahead, and as does he. And, Coach, we'll let you get to that work. But thanks for spending time with us I today appreciate it. Thank Network. you, guys. Big fans. See, see you, Jonathan. Take care, buddy. Appreciate you, Coach. Coming up, uh, Coach Cannon says not often you inherit a franchise quarterback. Well, some folks are going to try to draft some franchise quarterbacks. How does Bucky Brooks have the 2023 class ranked? We'll find out next on NFL Now. Win, 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 You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Back on NFL now, C.J. Stroud has, has won the title. At least as far as 1.0, the top five quarterback prospects, according to Bucky Brooks, which you could go to NFL.com slash Brooks and read right now. C.J. Stroud has that number one spot in Bucky's top five prospects at the quarterback position. Here are the remainder. It's uh, Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker coming back from that knee injury, Will Levis, and Tanner McKee of Stanford. So we have a Stanford representative. We have Bucky's top five back now on NFL Now with Brian Baldinger. I'm Patrick Claibon. Let's talk about the top-ranked quarterback prospects according to Bucky Brooks. C.J. Stroud takes the spot over Bryce Young. Do you, do you think that's height, weight, speed related, Baldy? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I mean, look, Bryce Young is right there, Heisman Trophy winner, all that. Um, we're just beginning the process right now, Patrick. I mean, these, these lists that Bucky put out, that Daniel Jeremiah put out, you know, our guys, I mean, it may change, you know, over the course of the next two months. But, you know, it's hard not to watch CJ uh, against Georgia in that playoff game and look at what he was able to do. Because, you know, the movement that he showed, the ability to extend plays, the accuracy, I mean, it was a strong performance, um, you know, and his best receiver wasn't out there on the field, although obviously Marvin Harrison is pretty special. But, like, it, you know, it, it's, it's hard to kind of pick him apart at this point with the way that he throws the ball, the accuracy, the touch right here that he has on the ball. And so, uh, you know, look, Bryce Young is probably a little more polished. He's a little more probably accurate with the ball. Uh, there's hard, hardly anything not to like except for the frame. Right. You know, and so Kyler Murray had to go through this process not that long ago, Patrick. You know, how tall is he going to be? What's he going to weigh? Is he going to be 190 pounds? Is he 182? Like all those, it's going to get, you know, we're, we're really going to pick it apart here. Um, you know, and so that's, that's what he has to deal with because we obviously know the NFL game, you're going to get hit. And can you keep getting up from the hits? And we've seen plenty of guys that can and a lot of guys that can't. And so those are some of the issues. But, you know, you look on the other side there, Hendon Hooker. We were just talking about before the show. I mean, he's got everything that you want, uh, except that he's coming back from an ACL, all right, that he uh, hurt in November this year. He said he'll be ready in June, you know, for all the workouts and everything like that. Uh, and he's 25 years old. And so you think, okay, is that a big deal? Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts is 24, and he has his team in the Super Bowl. And we kind of know what Jalen is right now. Uh, we won't know that about Henry, so that's going to knock him down a little bit. Will Levis, you know, Kentucky, uh, obviously he's got tremendous size. He played a lot. Redshirt senior, very mature. Uh, had a lot of big games. But maybe the, the guy that is most intriguing to me is Anthony Richardson at Florida, just because of his size, athletic ability. You watch him throw a football. I mean, 60 yards, it's just nothing. It's just a flick. Um, you know, there's so much there, but it's, it's pretty raw. And so who wants to work with them? And we were talking about, like, Jalen Hurts three years ago, Patrick. I mean, nobody thought that he could play at this level. But it's inside of him. It's in his DNA. It's in his maturity. It's who he wants to be. It helps he's the son of a coach, all this stuff. But Jalen Hurts wants to be the best quarterback in the NFL. And so are any of these guys as driven as Jalen Hurts has been? And that's the, that's the process. As you mentioned, it's Bucky's 1.0, and we're yeah. going to get to see Just and start. meet these guys. And um, I think once some coaches get in, 
physical relations, <laughs> right? They're able to be involved with Anthony Richardson. You learn a lot. Uh, you'll, be, you'll see a lot and uh, see what he can do, especially with the football in his hands. Let's go to some of these tight ends. Speaking yeah. of physicality, uh, Bucky's got Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, a couple great tight ends uh, on the 2022 Georgia roster, as well as last year, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. Let's focus in on Darnell Washington, Baldy. What do you see out of him? Well, he's an oak tree. He's an absolute oak tree. I mean, just his size. You know, he's very gifted. You can flex him out. You can run routes with him. But you can put him in line, along with Michael Mayer. I mean, these, both these guys are in-line blockers. We call those a Y, a true Y. There's Mayer right there, 87 from Notre Dame. Uh, you put these guys in, and you can you can run strong side runs with those guys sealing the line of scrimmage. So I think that's an advantage right now between Mayer, Washington, uh, Mayer can get down the field. All these guys can run. Uh, and so I think this is a list. I think it's a very strong tight end group. I think we're going to see quite a few guys go early in this draft. Uh, and, you know, and, and guys that can step in and play right away. And so uh, and then you can always, not on Bucky's list right now, but you can always go to Iowa and find a, you know, a tight end. <laughs> Sam Laporta has been a very good player for Iowa over the last few years. You know, we have seen, you know, whether it's Kittle or Kelsey, they were taken later in the draft. But look where they are right now. Yeah, it's it's so much uh, goes into evaluating the prospects and figuring out uh, how to layer out your draft board. And a big step in that is coming up. Yes. On February 28th, the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. Again, if you want to see Bucky's 1.0 position rankings, go to NFL.com slash Brooks to read that. But 12 days from the kickoff of the 2023 Scouting Combine, 319 prospects invited to attend this year's event. Tune in right here on NFL Network to see the future stars of tomorrow on February. What do they want to do? They want to get to this point where they're hoisting beverages and having a parade like Patrick Mahomes. Another look at the Chiefs and what they did to hoist the Lombardi coming up next on NFL Network. Nothing can stop me. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Rams celebrating Black History Month with the debut of a powerful short film, Kingfish, the story of Kenny Washington, the first black player to be signed by an NFL team in the modern era. Kingfish, the story of Kenny Washington, is live on Rams digital channels, including rams.com slash kingfish. Go watch it now. Joining us now on NFL Now, it is Jonathan Franklin, Rams executive, a part of the team that produced this absolutely splendid short film. It gives us a chance to think back to an NFL legend that, that Jonathan, we don't talk about enough. Yeah, it's absolutely been a story that's been undertold. And at the Rams, we have been working on this for years. And we're excited to give Kenny his flowers, right? And, and we've been very intentional to tell the story. We're excited about the premiere last night and to continue it beyond that moment as well. And, and Jonathan, I think for you personally, right, as, as the UCLA all-time leading rusher, part of L.A. sports history for you, you get a chance to do this when a lot of this current generation that's coming up might not necessarily be aware of Kenny's story. Yeah, being from Los Angeles, going to UCLA, playing running back, 
uh, there were so many parallels uh, between Kenny and I, and, and I was excited. And learning about the story of Kenny Washington, there's so much hope of who he is, and he's a hero that we can all look to, given all the things and the traits that he's embodied as a leader. He's paved the way for myself and so many other individuals on the field, but off the field as well. And when we think about from 1920 to 1946, that period where the, you know, the, the headlines called it the gentleman's agreement among ownership to exclude black players from, from this opportunity, what can the league do to not necessarily celebrate that, but to memorialize the fact that we have this period because we have legends like Jackie Robinson who integrated baseball. That was a first. But it feels like the people who reintegrated football kind of get left out a bit. You know, th this moment is, is the beginning right. of something different. Right. And, and the, the opportunity that we have to even talk about Kenny Washington today right, to have that premiere last night. We all have to do our part to celebrate. It, it was 76 years now since the signing in 1946, and what an incredible moment. And that Kenny Washington legacy still lives on, what he was able to do uh, with himself, with Woody Strode, with Shaq Harris, like so many people amongst the Rams organization has been able to break barriers because of Kenny Washington. And this is an exciting moment. You know, I recall when, when I heard about Kenny Washington, honestly, was when I got to the Rams. Uh, and then I, I went out to the Kenny Washington Memorial game and was able to see so many communities come together. You know, seeing that Kenny Washington was a unifier, the barriers that he had to overcome, not just in the NFL, he was an LAPD officer, he was a Hollywood actor. And Kenny knew he was always enough, regardless of the environment, the opposition that he faced. And Kenny is an individual that symbolizes so much for all of us that we can connect with. And I think that's the powerful moment that we all can share and tell in the platform that's so powerful right now. Yeah, so much that he had to navigate, of course, the decision has become a, a part of, of a system that was a problem for, for a lot of people after going through wars, multiple surgeries as well. And you got to work with his family throughout this documentary. How was that? You know, Kisa Washington last night, uh, she's a granddaughter of, of Kenny, and she mentioned she was humbled, proud, but very excited because this moment is going to inspire so much change. We were able to have youth, youth come out and watch this and, and the hope that they can look forward to, to know that they are enough based off Kenny Washington, a legacy again that Kenny signed 76 years ago, right? And today we're still celebrating him. We're telling this story and it gives so much hope for many people. And looking at what he meant and obviously the community as well. Uh, doing its part to even give Kenny Washington the opportunity. I had a chance to, to watch the documentary, and it, it took all of Los Angeles, essentially, especially the black residents of Los Angeles, demanding uh, that he be given an opportunity. Yeah, it, it takes all of us, right, to, to create the change, to provide that hope and, and inspiration, and to be able to have the Rams organization, again, for years, come together and, and build this moment to release this film and have the premiere, and it's not going to stop there. Our goal is finding ways to take this to schools, to different communities. We're hosting the event on February 28th in partnership with Everfy, where we're inviting schools and within all 32 NFL club cities to, to come out and view that. You know, we're looking to have over 10,000 students watch the film of Kenny Washington and not just watch it, but have a dialogue about the impact that Kenny had then, but still today. Incredible to look at the opportunity that you have to reach out uh, to the young folks and also celebrate the history and remind them of it, especially in a situation now where that history is being denied in a lot of other places and the Rams are doing their part to take a part of that. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you thank for you. making this uh, documentary. Go to therams.com and get a chance to experience this Kenny Washington documentary on the King Fish. Now I got his own apartment.
NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.